Living Hope is a church striving to become a 21st century apostolic church. We are founded upon the belief that the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God. We believe in the Great Commission, and we are endeavoring to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with love, mercy, and truth. Listen in as we share the Word, and that, through Jesus Christ, hope is alive. Amen. And if you would turn with me in your Bibles to the book of John. And worship team, I know I didn't give you a song for altar call. And I still don't know, so just be ready. Amen. So good to have everyone here in the house of the Lord today. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. How many of you have felt liberty in this house today? Liberty to worship, liberty to pray. Amen. Liberty, laying down the baggage, the heaviness. Amen. The Bible says that we should put on the garment of praise for or instead of the spirit of heaviness. Amen. How many of you know what that heavy spirit feels like? If you're not careful, you can get addicted to heavy spirits. Amen. You can start feeling comfortable being depressed all the time. Amen. It can get you some attention if you're always frowning. But you can't get everything God has for you entertaining spirits of heaviness. So the only remedy is you got to take off that old garment of heaviness and you got to put on a garment of praise. That means you got to smile. Smile at your neighbor right now. Say, that looks better on you. Come on, tell them that looks so much better on you. Come on, let's get rid of some garments, those spirits of heaviness, and let's put on a garment of praise today. Amen. I feel better when I'm in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. John chapter 2. And uh, certainly I know we prayed for Brother Junior and Angelita and Sister McManus and my wife and so many others that I know are facing difficult times. I did tell Angelita I would give her a shout out today. She said she was going to be waiting for it. So there it is, Angelita, if you're watching right now. I'll know if you're watching or not. If you're not in church right now, I'll know it because I just gave you your shout out. John chapter 2, beginning at verse number 1. On the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee. The mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. When they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever Jesus says unto you, do it. Amen. That's a, we could just stop right there. And I could just say you're dismissed. If you want to know how to fulfill the will of God in your life, there it is. Whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. Can I just give you a few kind of uh, unpacking points under that? Jesus is never going to tell you something that his word doesn't agree with. Amen. Jesus is not going to tell you something to do that his word and the spiritual authority that he's placed in your life don't agree with. Somebody said, well, Jesus told me to do it. No, he didn't. If it, if it defies the word. Anyway, that's another sermon for another Sunday. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece. 
Jesus says unto those servants who were willing to do whatever Jesus told them to do, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, draw out now and carry it unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. The ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine. And he knew not whence it was. But the servants which drew the water knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept this good wine until now. Amen. Thou hast kept the good until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cain of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. Amen. The Lord bless you as you are seated this morning. I want to preach on this thought for the next hour and a half or two hours, somewhere in there. By the way, didn't Brother Roberts teach a phenomenal lesson this morning? If you didn't hear it, I believe it will be posted within the next 24 hours or so. Talked about defeating complacency. I think his title was something different, but that was the essence of the lesson. I believe that that is a spirit that uh, we're facing in this hour for sure, and uh, complacency. But I want to preach today for the next little while on this thought. Three guesses for the governor. Amen. Three guesses for the governor. By definition, to guess is to arrive or to commit oneself to an opinion without having sufficient evidence to support that opinion fully. A guess infers uncertainty. To make a guess communicates the absence or lack of awareness and lack of conviction. Amen. When you make a guess about something, you're not sure. You're, you're stating. When you say, well, I'm guessing, what you're saying is, I don't really know. There are a few things that I have learned, and I know I'm young and uh, the other day I visited Sister McManus in the hospital and she texted me later and said that uh, the nurses that had come in and said that those women said uh, th that guy is way too young to be a pastor. He must be, what, 22 or 23? And I said, Lord, Lord, send blessings their way. I've, 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 I've lapped 22. I'm, I've already lapped it. I'm twice around that. Anyway, there are a few things that I've learned in my young age. Some of them I've learned the hard way. But some of them I've learned from listening to others learn the hard way. I've learned that there are three guesses you should never make about a woman. You should never guess. Family feud right now. Anybody? What? Age. Ding, 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 ding. You got one. You should never guess a woman's age. Secondly, you should never guess a woman's weight. I was thinking about what must be the worst job ever to be created, to be the guy at the carnival that guesses people's weight. Can you imagine how many times that guy's been slapped? And never guess if a woman is pregnant. And as I've stated, I have not learned these lessons the hard way. However, I have been with someone who did learn the third lesson the hard way. I was with a friend at Ruby Tuesdays for lunch when just out of the blue he thought it would be a great idea to ask our waitress when she, when she was due to have the baby. And to say that our lunch ended awkwardly that day would be an understatement. Uh, 
I'll just say I left pretty close after he asked the question. Because a guest is formulating an opinion without gathering sufficient evidence to support that opinion fully. And tucked into this first miracle of Jesus, there are three guesses of the governor, three guesses that the governor makes, three areas of uncertainty and ambiguity, truths that the governor was unsure and unaware of. And not only do I want to look at the uncertainty of the governor, but I believe that when we identify these within this passage, it also identifies areas that the church cannot afford to be uncertain in. That in the hour that we are in, the governor is guessing, but the church has got to be for sure. The church must be certain. The church must be absolutely confident in what we know and what we believe. These are areas that the church cannot afford to be guessing in this hour. If there has ever been a day and an hour that the church had better know what we know, when we had better be confident in what we believe, when our lives and our churches must be built upon rock-solid foundation of conviction and belief, it is the hour that we are in. It's the wrong hour to be led by emotion and simply doing what the crowd is doing. It's a dangerous time to be simply posting what other people are posting. It's a dangerous time to be placing hashtags on things simply because somebody else did. You better know what you know. And I believe that in surveying and studying this passage these three guesses of the governor today, we can reveal three truths that might have left the governor guessing, but we, the church, we, the people of God, we, the people of the name of Jesus, must believe in. Starting in verse number 7, Jesus says to his, the servants that are there, fill the water pots with water. The Bible says they filled them to the brim. I believe there's an attitude that's revealed right there. Jesus didn't tell them how, how full to fill them. He just said, fill them with water. Amen. That takes us back a few weeks ago. Brother Sargent preached about the man that was told to smite the ground with the arrows. And he smote the ground three times and then stopped. And the prophet looked at him and said, you're a foolish man. And because you didn't keep on smiting the ground six or seven times, you're not going to get all the victory that you could have gotten. And the, the, how many of you know the Bible says, praise the Lord. Amen. Just like the servants. The Bible said do something, but there's many people that come to church and they just do a little bit of it. They do it halfway. Amen. They, they just put a little bit of water in the... I want you to know if the Bible said praise the Lord, I'm going to fill it to the brim. I'm not going to let you out praise me. I'm not going to let you give God praise for something that he did for me. I want to fill the water pot to the brim. And I know the mindset, well, preacher, you can't judge my praise. No, but your miracle will determine, your, your praise will determine your miracle. How, feel you, how full you fill the water pot will determine how much wine you've got at the end. If you just want to give God a little bit of praise, don't be upset when you only get a little breakthrough. But if you want a big breakthrough and you want a miracle, then you better give God the best praise. Don't give your job more energy than you give your God. Don't give your golf game more energy than you 
give you God. They filled them to the brim. And he said to the servants, draw out now and carry it to the governor of the feast. And they bear it. And when the ruler or the governor of the feast had tasted the water, that had been wine, and he knew not whence it was. Everybody say, he knew not whence it was. He was uncertain of where it came from. This is the first guest of the governor. The first area where the governor lacked assurance and certainty. The first truth of this great miracle that the governor lacked awareness of and that the church in 2020 cannot afford to be uncertain in is we can't be guessing about the source. Amen. The first guess of the governor was he wasn't sure what the source was. Amen. If there's ever been a time that we've got to know who our source is, it's this hour. If there's ever been a time that we need to know who our strength is, it's this hour. If there's ever been a time that we've got to know who our healer is, it's this hour. If there's ever been a time that we've got to know who the source of deliverance is, it's this hour. The Bible says the governor didn't know it, but the servants did know. The same servants who did what Jesus told them to do, they said, we know who the source is. The governor had no idea. He didn't know that the wine had once been water. He didn't know that this miraculous juice had once been ordinary water. He didn't know it was Mary's boy from Nazareth was the one that changed water into wine. He didn't know that this miracle was a result of servants doing what Jesus told them to do. The only thing the governor knew is that the new wine is better than the old wine. But he didn't know the. I'm glad today to tell you that I know who the source is. I know who reached down into sin and brought me out. I know who picked me up and turned me around and set my feet on solid ground. Some of you are staring at me like I lost my mind. I didn't lose it. I found it. I found the source. I found the source of my strength. You are the source of my strength. You are the source of my help. Come on. When you can give 40 hours to your job but get upset when the preacher preaches 40 minutes, you don't know who your source is. When you can work all day fixing your car in the garage but get upset when the worship team goes too long, you've lost the identity of your source. I wonder, living hope, do you still know who your source is? He is my help. He's my refuge. He's the tower. He's the rock. He's the river in the desert. He's the water when I'm thirsty. He's my bread when I'm hungry.
Do you know that the new wine is better than the old wine? Do you know that the new wine that you drink on Sunday is better than the old wine you drank on Friday night? And do you know where it came from? Do you know that it's still flowing? It's still flowing from Calvary. I see a crimson stream of blood. The governor may have been guessing, but the church must be certain. We've got to know who our source is. I thank God for this new building, but this new building is not our source. We reduced it down from about eight poles to two poles, but less poles is not our source. Amen. We've got good lighting in this building, but good lighting is not our source. We've got a heated baptismal, but heated baptismals are not our source. We've got an incredibly talented worship team, but talent is not our source. Can I remind you right now, our source is Jesus. It's, it's not good music. It's not an air-conditioned sanctuary. My source of security is not the USA, the CIA, or the FBI. My source of hope is not the GOP or the DNC. My source is J-E-S-U-S. Some of you are waiting to see who gets elected to decide if you give God praise. Let me just help you right now. It don't matter who gets elected. Jesus is still in control. He's still my source. He's still my strength. He's still my light. He's still my foundation. I love the USA. Don't get me wrong, but only Jesus can turn water into wine. And we've got to know that our source is Jesus. When our world is looking for every possible source they can find. Some of you have tried some other sources. Can I get an amen? Some of you have tried the bottle and you drank it all the way down to the bottom and and the next morning you woke up and found out that the bottle wasn't the answer. Some of you have snorted some things and smoked some things, but after the high wore off, you were lower than you were before. But Jesus said, I'll lift you up. I'll bring you up into heavenly places. High five, Maggie Marie. Maggie Marie came over and told me a few minutes ago she got into her own place. She's been praying about that. That's what Jesus will do. Maggie Marie, Jesus did that. Jesus is your source. The governor might be guessing, but Daniel chapter 11, verse 32 says this, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Can I tell you, Daniel did not write that living in a democracy. Daniel didn't write that with his favorite president sitting in an oval office. Daniel wrote that as a slave in Babylon. But he said, guess what? If you know who your source is, you're going to do great exploits. I'm still waiting on some of you to wake up this morning and give God praise and recognize he is the one that is worthy. (laughs) 
The governor is guessing, but the church is certain. The church knows. We know the servants that did exactly what Jesus told them to do. I know where the wine came from. And I know, and because I know, living hope, get ready. We're going to be strong in this last hour. And we are going to do great exploits. Come on, get ready. It's coming. We've been talking about revival for a while, but get ready. It's on its way. Why? Because we know who our source is. Tell your neighbor, get ready. Tell three people, get ready, get ready, get ready. Come on, Tier, get ready. Mary, get ready. Tiana, get ready. JB, get ready. JB fooled me this morning. He wore... Not elastic suspenders. I went to snap him earlier. <laughs> Nothing happened. The second guest of the governor. Verse number nine, when the governor had tasted the wine, he called for the bridegroom. That's what happens when you don't know the source. You give credit to the wrong people. The bridegroom didn't know who the source was, so he called for the bridegroom. And we read from the context he was calling the bridegroom to give him credit. He didn't know the sort. Many times we give credit to the wrong people. We come into church wore out, too, too tired to give God praise because we gave credit to our 40-hour job. Pastor, I work really hard in my yard. You're calling for the bridegroom. Pastor, you don't understand, I spent, I spent all day yesterday in my garage. I spent all day out in the yard. It was hot yesterday. I spent all day out there. I'm a little tired today, Pastor. I'm going to have to take the day off. The only thing going on there is you don't know who your source is. When you know who the source is, you call for the right person. When you know who the source is, you give credit to the right person. Verse 10, he saith unto the bridegroom, every man at the beginning, he says, every, this is how it goes. I think. Usually this is how it goes. Every man at the beginning doth suffer forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. He said, when nobody is thirsty, then they put out the bad stuff. But you've kept the good wine until now. The governor of the wedding tastes the wine, and he calls the bridegroom and says, this isn't the way things are supposed to work. This is not how it's supposed to be done. The way that things are supposed to go. See, I've been around and I've been to a few weddings before. I know how this is supposed to go. He says that the way things are supposed to be done is that the good wine gets served first. And then you bring out the cheap stuff. Amen. But you're serving the good stuff at the wrong time. He observes that it's almost the end of the wedding. That the party is almost over. And he guesses. He makes a guess. This isn't the right time for the best. And the second guess of the governor is that this isn't the right time for the best. If you think this isn't the right hour for the best, you're guessing like the governor. It is the right hour. If you think it's not the right hour to have the best church we've ever had, you're guessing like the governor. 
Well, pastor, this ain't the right time to be building phase two. You sound like the governor. Hey, pastor, this ain't the right time for us to have revival. You sound like the governor. But let me tell you, Jesus said, I knew what time it was. I knew what day it was. And it's the right time. It's the right time for your best worship. It's the right time for your best praise. It's the right time. Thank God for Midway Drive. We had some great church over there, but this is the right time for the best church we've ever had. I I wish... I wish I knew how some of you are still sitting there staring at me like I've got a unicorn horn growing out my forehead. Some of you are uncertain. You're, you're second-guessing the preacher. I'm talking to you out of the Word of God. Are you second-guessing the Word of God? I'm telling you, it's the right time. It's the right time for our children to prophesy. It's the right time for young men and young women to prophesy. It's the right time for miracles. It's the right time for healing. What I'm finding in this hour is that there are a lot of people guessing like the governor that the best days of the church are behind us, that the best days of the kingdom are finished, that it's not the right atmosphere for revival because we got social distancing and we got masks and Rona's hanging around and we got riots and racial tension and political chaos. And so they ascertain because of the atmosphere around us that it's not the right time for the best, but the church cannot afford to be guessing like the governor. I know we got to wear masks, and I know there's chaos, and I know there's racial tension, but it's the right time for the best wine. It's the right time for the best anointing. It's the right time for the greatest move of God. It's the right time for the church to be stronger. the Holy Ghost right now. It's the right time, JB, for you to answer the call of God in your life. Cortez, it's the right time for you to answer the call. And I know some of you are looking around at what's going on around us and you're saying it's not the right time for a miracle. Let me tell you, it's the right time. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. It's the right time for your family to get committed. It's the right time, Dad, for you to lead your family. It's the right time, Mom, for you to pray like you've never prayed. It's the right time for the best wine. Somebody right now, I wish you'd help me and bind the spirit of the guessing governor. Would you help me bind the spirit of the guessing governor that says it's not the right time for the best wine? Come on, somebody, let's break through something this morning. Help me right now, church, help me. We're going to break through some things right now. I know there's a governor spirit trying to get into this church. I know there's a governor mindset. But I rebuke that governor mindset in the name of Jesus. It is the right time for revival. It is the right time for anointing.
if you've been mediocre, if you've been, if you become lukewarm, you need to shake yourself and get on fire. It's the right time for my best worship. Come on now. Now is the hour. Come on, are you seeking those that will worship him in spirit and in truth? Come on, now is the right time for you to get over your carnality and get beyond yourself and force your way into the presence of God. Push your way, press your way into the presence of God. Come on, I'm trying to help somebody. Come on, you, you're being overtaken by a governor mindset. You're, you're looking at the circumstances surrounding you, and you're saying it's not the right time, but I'm telling you, if you don't get in the boat, if you don't get with what God is doing, you're going to get left behind. You're going to get moved out of the way. You need to get on board with what God is doing. It's the right time. Hallelujah. If you believe that, could you just raise your hands with me right now? It's the right time for the best prayer meetings we've ever had. Oh, I can remember some powerful prayer meetings. I can remember Mother Brown and Sister Bush praying. I can remember as a child feeling that prayer shake the building. But this is the right hour for the best prayers to be prayed. It's the right hour for the best prayer meetings this church has ever had. It's the right time for the best wine. I can look back through our history and see times where the youth group was doing good and they were on fire for God, and I thank God for it, but it's the right hour for the best wine. It's the right hour for our young people to get on fire for God like never before. I wonder for just 30 seconds, could you give God... I'm not talking about volume and how loud it is. If that's what you do, that's fine. But just for 30 seconds, can you give God your best praise? Sincerity, sincerity. That, that's what he's looking for is sincerity. Out of your heart, God, I'm thankful. Lord, I'm thankful because I know that without you, I would not be here. Lord, I'm thankful because I know that without you, I would have already been consumed. I would have already been destroyed by my own lust and my own passions. But God, you saved me and you've kept me. Lord, you brought me from a mighty long way. And God, I'm so thankful today for your goodness. I'm thankful for the way you bless my family. I'm thankful for the way you bless this church. I'm thankful for the way that you bless my life. God, and I just want to give you my best praise. That's it from the bottom of your heart. Just let that praise pour out. Come on, I praised you in some times before, but God, this is my best praise. It's the right time for the best wine. It's the right time for the best.
Come on, I f- I'm telling you right, this isn't prophecy, it's what I know. God's about to do things in this church that we've never seen before. God's about to do things through people in this church that we would not have thought about God using them before. But God is raising up people in this hour, and we're going to see miracles that we've prayed about for 35, 40 years, and we haven't seen them yet, but God is going to do them in this last hour. I wonder, do you want the best? Do you want what God has? Do you want the best that God has for your life? Are you satisfied with the good wine or do you want the best wine? Are you satisfied with the good things God has done or do you want the best thing that God has for you? The governor said, nobody's thirsty anymore. And I've watched that mindset make its way into the church. We balk at evangelism because the enemy has told us nobody's thirsty. We hesitate to tell people our testimony because the governor has convinced us that nobody's thirsty, that nobody wants what we've got. No, this is the wrong time for the best wine because nobody, maybe back in the 50s, maybe back when, when Bishop Staten was, you know, young and, and full of energy. Yeah, maybe, maybe back in the 80s, maybe, maybe back in the early 2000s when people, when our nation was still God conscious, maybe then. And Jesus said, no, it's the right hour. There are people that are thirsty right now. Don't let the governor convince you. You've got coworkers that are thirsty. You've got neighbors that are thirsty. You've got relatives that are just waiting on you to pick up the phone. You've got people living down the street from you. You've got waiters and waitresses that are waiting on you. Don't let the governor convince you that our world is not thirsty. Let me conclude the third guest of the governor. John chapter 2 and 10, the governor calls for the bridegroom. You can stay standing. This is going to be like a fun point. I don't know what that means. It's what came to my mind. It's going to be a good ending. How about that? Like a, help me, Cortez. What am I trying to say? He said, I don't know, Pastor. The governor calls for the bridegroom, doesn't know the source, doesn't know where the wine came from, doesn't trust the timing, but the most dreadful guest of the governor is that while he is amazed that the best has been saved for now, he wrongfully deducts that this is the end of the story. Verse 11 concludes this magnificent miracle that started with ordinary water and ended with miraculous wine. Amen. A miracle that started as water in six stone water pots and concludes being served in a governor's chalice. But the miracle concludes with this statement, and his disciples believed on him. That miracle is what caused those 12 disciples to forge their faith in that man, Jesus. No mention of the governor, though. If anybody should have believed on Jesus after that wedding was over, it should have been the governor. The governor is the, now the the, the disciples were there and they watched what happened, but the governor is the one that tasted what happened. But the governor did not believe. He tasted, but he did not believe. If anybody should have believed It should have been the governor. But the governor, the miracle of Jesus ended 
when the wedding was over. He thought, this is it. It's over. It's done. Maybe from there he left and went down to the next wedding. Maybe he went down to the next town to officiate the next wedding. Maybe he went back to his family for dinner that night. Whatever the case was, he wrongfully concluded that this was just the best wine being served, and that's the end of the story. But the governor guessed wrong because verse number 11, the beginning of it says, this was only the beginning of miracles. Can I tell you right now, the governor thinks that the church is over, that miracles aren't going to happen any longer. But I want to tell you today, this is only the beginning. This isn't the end of the church. It's just the beginning. Tiana, this isn't the end of your ministry. It's the beginning. It's not the end of anointing. It's the beginning. Shaq, this isn't the end of God's hand on you. It's the beginning. Some of you right now, the governor has convinced you that everything God has done in your life up until now, that's all good, but it's all over. Let me tell you, it's not over. It's only just beginning. Brother Roberts, I thank God for everything he's done in my life, every way that he's used my ministry. But I do not believe that it's over. I do not believe God has finished using me to declare the gospel. I do not believe God has finished using this church to reach this community. I do not believe God has finished working in your marriage. I do not believe God has finished working in your family. I do not believe it. It's only just the beginning. Stand with me. Let's raise our hands all across this house. If you know Jesus is your source, I want you to raise your hands. Come on, Living Hope, it's the right time for the best. Yeah, well, Pastor, you don't understand. Are you not paying attention to what I'm, I know what's going on? I know what's going on. Light shines the brightest in darkness. We were called to be a light that would not be hid. We were called to be a city set on a hill that could not be hid. We were called to be salt that doesn't lose its savor. Amen. You can't taste salt if it's only in things around it that taste just like it. This world is going to have to get dark for the church to shine bright. But let me tell you, it's, it is the right time for the best. Somebody here in this house today, the devil has been telling you it's over you're finished, that God is done with you, that there's no hope for you. But the miracle of the new wine is a testimony that it's only the just the beginning. I could say this with confidence. Every person in this building, I don't, we've got guests here today, and I don't know your life story, but what I want to tell you right now is it's the right time for the best. I, I don't need to know what you've been through to be able to tell you this is the beginning. You walked into this building on the right Sunday. This is the right day for you to get a hold of some new wine. It's the right day for you to get a hold of some new wine. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without really knowing the exact path it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. 
So be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And also visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you.